Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 126. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and for today's power play, I'm going to change things up a bit here. I'm going to tap into my 30-plus years of experience as a running coach. I've had a lot of discussions lately with people about getting back to racing here for the first time in a long time. Uh, I was having this conversation with members of the Revolution Running Adult Running Group that I help coach, and the discussion the other night was just a lot of people starting to get into racing again and a lot of trepidation about how do I pace myself. Uh, you know, a lot of people have not had an opportunity to race since 2019, and getting your legs and mind and everything in tune with racing again is obviously a little bit of a bit of a foreign concept that we're going to need to break ourselves into here in 2021, hopefully. So, uh, I, I just thought I would talk about various pacing. Uh, philosophies that I have, as well as how to break in for the first race or two of your uh, renewal, if you would, uh, getting out there and racing once again. Um, I'm going to break this into three different portions. Um, The first one is going to be uh, really kind of the most common races. I think a lot of people are going to be racing 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. And then I'm also going to talk about um, track racing, um, high, uh, we have a lot of high school listeners, I know, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like for pacing, getting back on the track. And then finally, we'll talk about the ultramarathon world, which is uh, definitely thriving again and um, races are open. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk about all of those. But starting off, let me talk about, you know, again, the common 5K, 10K to half marathon type distances that a lot of people will be running as their initial races, getting back into it. And, you know, I I think most people are probably not dialed in their training optimally at this point due to the pandemic this past year and other factors. A lot of you probably wouldn't be in what I would call what you would call tip top shape, you're really ready for a race. And, you know, if you think back, you probably never have been. I, I know very few runners who go out and run a race and say, oh yeah, I was in great shape for this race. I was perfectly trained, exactly what I wanted to be. It almost never happens. And, you know, you go out and you do the best you can with what you have. And, you know, you may have had recent injuries or disruptions due to life, uh, to your training, whatever it is, you know, the, what your race was, was what you were that day. And it's going to be the same thing here in 2021 when you get back into racing. And again, you may not have done optimal race uh, training here. Your mileage may not be where you want it to be, especially probably not unless you've really been able to focus on speed work and everything you need to uh, really fine tune your leg turnover to get you ready to race. You're probably not there yet. Most people aren't in April anyway. So, um, you know, this is uh, the time when it, I would encourage you to jump into race. Don't be hesitant. Don't be, you know, a lot of people may be afraid that, hey, I'm not in great shape yet. Hey, do it. You know, sometimes racing is actually a great way to get yourself into shape. I mean, there is a expression about racing your way into shape, which I, I think does work in, in a lot of uh, occasions. But regardless, it's not a bad way to even supplement some of the work that you've been doing. So, Hopefully, as you get more into racing here, you've had a chance to move from just doing distance runs and you've gotten into what I call transition work. And those would be the kind of workouts that include hill repeats, fartlek runs, 
and tempo runs. And of course, there are various combinations. Uh, you can certainly combine some of those in the same workout. But generally, those are the way to kind of transition yourself into the faster work that you may be doing either on or off the track. For a lot of you folks who are doing 5Ks, 10Ks and up, you may even want to do all your speed work just on a grass loop somewhere. Uh, you know, I, I love doing 1K repeats, for instance, on a grass loop. I think you get a lot of benefit from workouts like that or a lot of other workouts, uh, you know, whether 800 repeats or even mile repeats on a grass loop are great. Obviously, doing them on the track is fantastic as well, but you, you do run more risk on the track in terms of injury and just the pounding that goes on there. But regardless, uh, you're, you're going to be going and getting into racing and I would really encourage you to probably take it a little more conservatively early in the race. You're, you're, you don't have your uh, race legs quite in tune at this point, most likely. So the last thing you want to do is burn yourself out, get yourself an early oxygen debt, and be unable to recover. Uh, speaking of oxygen debt, if you're up at altitude in Colorado or somewhere similar, you definitely don't want to get into oxygen debt very quickly because... The, at higher altitude, it's much harder to recover from uh, oxygen debt than if you were down at sea level. So uh, more encouragement than to work your way into the race a little bit more. You probably also want to do a little extra warm-up. Try to get your heart rate up, really get ready to get into the faster pace of the race. But once you get going... I, again, would encourage you to negative split. Negative splitting means that you're going to run the second half of the race faster than the first half of the race. So really, it's a matter of building up. Uh, when you start out in, say, a half marathon, I would encourage you to run those first few miles, maybe 10 to 15, to even 20 seconds per mile, slower than what you ha hope to average for the entire race. You will be able to pick up that time on the, on the uh, far side, if you would, on the second half of the race, and if, if you were to go out too fast early on, you know, let's say you go out 15, 20 seconds too fast in the first half of the race, it's very likely that you will end up giving back even more than that in the second half, perhaps 20 to 30 seconds per mile. And, and that, of course, ends up with a negative net effect. So if you want to have a positive net effect, I would definitely start out a little bit easier early in the race. And that's probably good advice for most races of that distance. Of course, a lot of, a lot of the time it's going to depend on the, uh, on the terrain that you've got and uh, conditions. Uh, certainly, if you've got hilly miles somewhere in the middle of the end, that may change your time overall. But in terms of effort, I think you definitely want to expend more effort, gradually increasing that as time goes on in those races. So, yeah, again, start out a little bit easier, especially early in the season. If for some reason that doesn't work out, if for some reason you end up crashing, not, not running the race that you like, you know, don't beat yourself up. The thing about any kind of racing is learn and forget. So basically take those lessons from that, those first races to heart, figure out where your ideal race pace should be, and then forget about it. Don't be, hang, don't be getting hung up on that mentally and then thinking about it in your future races that, oh, geez, this is what happened to me in the first race or two in my return to racing. And, and don't be thinking that's going to be a pattern that's going to repeat itself down the road. So, um, you know, again, start out a little bit easier, work your way in, you will get a better idea for where your, your pacing will be for your later races. Let's take a look at 
track now. Um, if you are a high school runner, for instance, running a middle distance event, such as an 800 or a 1600, 1500 in some other states, but in, in Colorado, we do the 800 and the 1600, the half mile and the mile. Um, my philosophy has always been that you will, you need to run the first half of the race three to five seconds faster than the second half of the race. So if it's an 800, that means your first lap is going to be three to five seconds faster than your second lap. And I have compiled records from races that runners of mine have run for, I mean, literally thousands of races that will prove my point. I, I know some people may not like that philosophy. And and certainly you'll see like Olympic 800 runners who will negative split an 800. But High school, it, it, it typically does not work out that well unless you are at one extreme or the other. So, um, you know, let's say you wanted to run two minutes flat in, in the 800, then I would encourage you to run about 58 seconds for your first lap and you'll run 62 seconds for your second lap, four second gap right there. And it, I've seen this over and over and over. That is the gap that will give you the best time, time overall. And once you've run that time, if you've run that 58.62 to get that two-minute flat, if you want to bring that time down, run the first laps, rap, lap faster. So in other words, if you want to drop that by two seconds, run that first lap two seconds faster. The funny thing is, your second lap will be the same anyway. Okay, let me repeat that because it sounds pretty strange. If you run the first lap faster, second or two faster, your overall time will be a second or two faster because you will run the second lap the same time anyway. The um, it, it is uh, something that I can back up with, like I say, hundreds and hundreds of 800s that kids that I've coached have run. So, um, And I would encourage you, even in your early season races, that's the way you want to run. I know it's going to be very very different, um, a different feel out there. And one thing I will tell you in these races, as is true also with the races I was talking about previously, there are some people who do not know how to pace themselves at this point, either because of inexperience or just because of rust from not having raced in a long time. Some people will bolt out very quickly and I strongly implore you not to chase them. Those people will end up coming back to you later in the race. My motto all the time is, control your own race. Don't let others control it for you. So um, it's going to be very tempting in a lot of races, especially early on, to try to latch on to others. And especially if you are on the track, you will get through that first lap, say in the 800, and look at your watch or look at the scoreboard, and all of a sudden you're going to be crestfallen because you're going to realize you ran a totally inappropriate pace for you. Either you followed those people out too fast, or on some occasions I've seen the lead pack goes out way too slow, and you just felt, okay, I will just tuck in behind them. It feels like a comfortable pace, and you look up, and you're so far behind, and there is no catching up in an 800. One thing about that race is it is virtually impossible to change gears. So if you've gone out too slow in the first lap of an 800 and try to speed up second lap, it just is not going to work. It just does not happen. Um, the only exception would be just for an incredibly slow pace, but even there, you won't be able to make up the time. So it's very important, whether you're running 5K, 10K, half marathon, or if you're running a track race, that you control your own race. So the same philosophy applies to the 1600. You should run the first two laps 
three to five seconds faster than your second two laps. So if you're going to run a five-minute mile, for instance, you probably want to run the first half in about 228 and the second half in about 232. And that works out to five minutes. Um, but within those laps, your first lap and your last laps will be your fastest laps overall. But again, you need to make sure that you get out quick enough in the first lap and not insanely fast so that you blow up the whole strategy. But the, the whole premise again is if you want to bring down your time in the mile overall, let's say you ran that five minutes, you want to bring your time down, you probably want to run those first couple of laps a little bit faster. So if you want to run, say, four seconds faster, you may want to take two seconds off your first lap, two seconds off your second lap, and you will probably run the second half of the race exactly the same pace. So again, that three to five second differential between the first half and the second half apply in both the 800 and the 1600. Now the 3200, the two mile on the track is a different animal I've always noticed. And that is one you really want to try to run with as even splits as possible. Again, your first lap will probably be faster. Your last lap will probably, probably be faster. Even your second lap may be a bit faster, but Throughout the rest of the race, your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh laps will probably be, you'll probably be best served running those pretty evenly. You, you'll probably slow down maybe a second per lap each, each uh, lap that you go on. So one thing I will tell you in the 3200 is even though you want to make those laps very similar in pace, you don't want to run the same pace within the lap. So what I mean by that is you want to keep changing speeds. If you just try to keep running the same pace, or metronomically, um, or is that the way? Yeah, metronomically, if you would, like a metronome, all the time, you will gradually slow down, as I just described. So I would highly encourage you to throw in surges. Um, these surges can, and this is true in the mile as well. Um, these surges can run anywhere from about 50 meters all the way up to maybe 150 to 200 meters. 50 meter surges, of course, are going to be a lot harder. Uh, 150 to 200 meter surges will be more gentle, but they are still pickups. And you can pre-plan these. Um, a lot of two-mile races don't have a lot of competitors in them, so the, the runners uh, do spread out. and You may not have very good targets to go after. And when I say targets, I'm talking about other runners. Um, so you may pre-plan surges, maybe one at the beginning of the third lap, maybe one then in the latter part of the fourth lap, another one at the beginning of the sixth lap, you know, however you decide to do it, but definitely in your mind, have a game plan and build in surges where you know you're going to pick up the pace. It could also depend on other competitors. It could be you see some uh, other runners maybe 50 meters ahead of you and Rather than try to make up that 50 meters all at once, maybe you say, hey, you know what? This lap, I'm going to close the gap by 25 meters. So I'll do a surge on the straightaway here. And then the next lap, I'm going to catch up by the remaining 25 meters. You're going to do a surge on one of the curves of that lap. Something to that effect. So break it up because it's, it's going to be pretty tough to try to catch up all at once. But you keep your eyes on their back. That is your target. And you can keep surging up there. And again, if you have nobody near you or you don't have a decent target, uh, again, go in with a game plan. Go in with the idea that you're going to throw in surges. Overall, your lap times will actually be very similar from lap to lap to lap. 
but your speed will be changing within that lap. So think about your foot going on and off the accelerator in your car is basically the way to best think about how you're going to be turning on the speed and off the speed during the course of that 3,200 meter lap. And um, overall, that will keep you pushing forward so those laps don't slow down and you'll end up with a good time. So those are some different strategies for track races. Finally, I want to talk about the ultramarathon races. Um, those are certainly coming back into uh, vogue right now. Um, you know, more, more and more races are taking place here in 2021. The thing to rec- remember is that you probably don't have the kind of mileage that you're really desiring to have at this point. For whatever reason, you haven't been able to train, obviously largely pandemic-related in a lot of cases. But uh, think again about the fact that when you run an ultramarathon, it is unusual for an ultramarathon or two negative split. Um, it, it's just a matter, of course, that people tend to get tired as time goes on. And, you know, that, that's normal. Probably will happen more so in your initial efforts at ultramarathons in 2021, because again, you don't have quite the same conditioning that you might have otherwise. So keep in mind that you do not want to kill yourself early in the race. The, the, the worst thing you can do is try to build up a cushion. You know, that is the attitude of a lot of runners that like, if they've got, say, a 30-hour cutoff if they're running, say, the Leadville 100, and they think, hey, if I get to halfway in 12 hours, then, I, you know, I've got this huge cushion on what I hope to finish my race in. And you will pro- and, and if you are really suitable to running more like 13 or 14 hours, you will give back a lot more of that cushion of an hour or two that you gained in the first half of the race going into the second half. In fact, you may not even finish. So... It is still going to be wise to use the same kind of pacing philosophy you would when you go into an ultramarathon. And of course, account for the fact that you need to adjust for the course. Ultramarathons, of course, are going to vary in terms of their difficulty, their hilliness, the weather may be a a factor. And of course, there are lots and lots of other factors. That's the beauty of running ultramarathons. There are so many variables that go into planning and, and executing a game plan for one of those races. So a little different than if you're running a shorter race, of course, a lot different, actually. So once again, you know, your pacing needs to be based on where your current level of conditioning is. And you also need to take into account the fact that you may not be in the same condition as you were in the past. But look at these races, certainly the early ones, as more training opportunities. You know, you may, um, you know, run some 50Ks or 50-mile races and, you know, use that as your springboard for longer events. You may try doing some other kinds of events even to get ready. You know, some of these uh, challenges, you know, the back, big backyard ultra kind of challenges where you're running three miles every three hours or, um, you know, the Goggins Challenge 4x4x48 four four where you're running four miles every 40, four hours for 48 hours. I mean, all those can help build your base and build your endurance and uh, really aid your ability to learn how to fuel yourself and hydrate yourself. But, um, you know, in terms of pacing an ultra marathon, it, it really is, it's always kind of an art because, again, it's very individual, depends on what works best for you. But uh, I, again, would encourage you to take it pretty conservatively in the first half of these initial ultra marathons that you run. Um, think about your form, really think about running efficiently and, you know, go out and have some fun. 
you know, don't don't be you know get crazy about your time at this point. And, and certainly, again, as I mentioned earlier, don't go out following other runners, thinking that you're going to, um, you know, keep up with this guy, that guy, because you know you guys are all across the board in terms of where your conditioning is right now. So. Uh, I hope some of these tips, uh, tips, I should say, have been helpful to you in terms of getting out there to pace your next races coming up here early in 2021. Certainly drop me a line if you'd like to discuss this further. I'm very happy to talk to anybody. Love to talk to people about their racing and training and, and anything else I can help you with, whether it's hydration, nutrition. I've got a lot of experience running ultra marathons and, and certainly, <laughs> as you know, uh, coming back from injury, I can certainly help you there. But just in general, feel free to give me a shout. Um, I can be reached by email at silly underscore billy at msn.com. I can be reached on Facebook and I can be reached on Instagram um, at at Stahlor, which is S-T-A-H-L-O-R. So uh, thank you very much for listening to the We Are Superman podcast. Good luck with your racing this coming year and always be positive.